0: Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way.
1: I'm Kitty Blutefield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today, I'm joined by our friend, Brian Thomas, back on the podcast for the third time. Yep. Yeah, he's great. We love Brian. I was just talking to Kate about how much we love Brian. He's a really good guy, very knowledgeable, loves getting on and sharing his um, knowledge. If you haven't listened to his previous podcast that I've done with him, go back and have a listen, but maybe just give everyone a really quick intro about who you are and what you do before we dive in. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. So my name is Brian. I've been in the health and wellness world now for about 20 years in various aspects. I started as a personal trainer, worked at many gyms, and then eventually worked my way towards getting certified in neurological education and applied neuroscience. And that actually led me to Ray Pete's work because the organization I was getting educated with, uh, Z Health, they had a huge amount of interest in improving brain function. And lo and behold, And all of their research on nutrition, they were led to the very same conclusions Ray Pete was, which is your brain loves sugar. And so at the time I was coming from a low carb background, and this was a very antithetical and foreign concept to me. But when I started to see the changes in myself from introducing some of these concepts by actually eating sugar and avoiding polyunsaturated fats. I saw major changes in my health and my movement and my pain and my overall well being. And at that point, for the last, for the previous 10 years now, I've been strictly repeat approach. And that's what I've been coaching people on. I've just been seeing tremendous changes in myself and in others.
0: Mm,
1: so good. So good. And yeah, I think we've done a podcast on red light and sleep. I think it's the yep. other one. So they're great. Go back and listen to that. And then I saw Brian did a great post about sunlight. And, you know, I thought, oh, what a good topic to talk about. Just one about why we need sunlight. You know, I think especially in Australia, the sun's been so demonized and everyone's like, oh, slather yourself in these toxic sunscreens and stay out of the sun completely. So just, I think, talk about the benefits of sun, you know, how much you should be getting per day, um, you know, like some of the you know, like a lot of the sunscreens are just all of like toxic stuff. We're making a sunscreen actually a saturate, which is cool. How you can act naturally protect yourself from the sun. So I thought you posted really good. So anyway, let's talk about sunlight and let's. why we need it.
2: Sunlight is awesome. I uh I remember hearing years ago it was kind of a big idea and still is, and probably even more so now that the sun is what causes skin cancer and that we need to do everything we can to avoid the sun. And before I knew any better, I thought, Oh, that's kind of kind of just sounds weird. Like just intuitively, it just didn't make sense to me that Mm -hmm. we're the only species that gets skin cancer. And you see all these other animals and the only telling them, Oh, you should stay out of the sun. You should keep your animals out of the sun because the sun's dead. How did we get to this point biologically as a species or as, any sort of just the era of all of the life that we have on earth, how is it that we survive with sun being so detrimental to our health? And it, it just never sat well with me. And then the more I learned about some of these toxic things in sunscreen, the more I learned about how certain things in our diet can affect how we respond to the sunlight, things started to make a lot more sense. That's where I started to ask the question of, what well, was the cancer that we people talk about with skin cancer? Is that really the result of the sun or is that the result of the sun reacting with other things in our body? And come to find out, that's that's the probably the more likely explanation because you look at all the toxic things that we do to try and protect our skin with mainstream skincare approaches and a lot of it is just garbage. A lot of it just breaks down the actual integrity and function of your skin.
1: Mm. Yeah, isn't it? You're so right. It's crazy. And I think um you do you know Rob Turner? Have you yeah. like oh, Yeah, he's got some great articles on his blog around skin cancer and sun and yeah, am- amazing. Um okay, cool. So why do we need sunlight?
2: We need sunlight because well there's there's multiple reasons and there's lots of arguments depending on Who you talk to and within what health circles they run, you can talk to the biohackers. And the biohacking people will say, oh, well, you need sunlight to set your circadian rhythm. And there's some truth to that. You have a brain structure called the suprachiasmatic nucleus, which is a very mouthful, fancy word for you have an area that sits behind your eyes, that senses the light coming in your eyes. And the role of that brain center is to actually gauge the frequencies of light that are hitting your eye. So if we think of a rainbow, you've got your red, your orange, your yellows, your greens, your blues, that's your visible light spectrum. Mm. And your eyes will pick up that visible light spectrum. Well, the amount of light and the emphasis on the red or the blue end of that light spectrum, that changes throughout the day. So you have receptors in your eye called photoreceptors and they pick up this light And then they convey that information through the optic nerve to the suprachiasmatic nucleus. And that tells your brain and your body what time of day it is. Mm. And so we have certain hormonal functions that are based on the time of day. We have things like estrogen production or progesterone production that'll be based on time of day. We have melatonin production that'll be based on time of day. We have lots of different circadian rhythms that our body follows based on that light entering the eye. And so going outside, getting natural light helps to make sure that those rhythms are functioning the way they should. And so if they're not functioning the way they should, if we're not getting sunlight entering the eye, we're going to see some potential changes in hormone function. We're going to see some potential changes in our energy levels. One of the biggest, most devastating things somebody can do for their health and there's tons of research on this now, is actually shift work. So working at night where you're up, you're awake, and you're exposed to artificial light all through the night, and then you sleep during the day when the sun would normally be out, that has linked to more disease risk than a lot of other things. Worse than smoking, by, according to some studies.
1: Really? Well, I worked shift work for a while. I did FIFO, not always night shift, but I did seven days, seven off, seven mm-hmm. nights, and it was hard. It is hard.
2: It is. It's really hard. It's a very easy way to age your body faster than it should. And a lot of that is because you're driving into some of these systems that are built around keeping you awake when you should otherwise be sleeping.
0: Mm.
1: Crazy. And so, how much sunlight would you recommend people get per day?
2: From the standpoint of overall health and well being, I'm always going to come back to A, what's the goal? B, how do you respond to it? So if we look at sunlight beyond just setting your circadian rhythm, sunlight is full of all sorts of wavelengths of light that can promote metabolism. So you get your red light, your orange light, your yellow light. You also get infrared and near infrared, which will be warming to tissue, and that can improve tissue function. That can improve tissue health, tissue quality. And as your metabolism increases, that's going to change how you heal, how you repair, how you respond to everything you're doing. So Mm -hmm. on the one hand, it can be very protective for people. It can actually promote a lot of those healing processes that we want to make sure are functioning well and doing what they're supposed to do to keep the body moving in a very youthful, energetically driven direction. But on the other end, somebody might run out of resources when they get exposed to too much sunlight. So, -hmm. for example, if we increase your metabolism, but you don't have enough sugar on hand, well, now we've depleted you of sugar, and now you start to open the door to adrenaline and cortisol. And if that happens for too long, you might see an adverse reaction, you might see a negative response, you might see some of those low blood sugar symptoms. And that's where the sunlight that can be therapeutic in one dose can be toxic in another.
1: Mm, Yeah, that makes sense. Um, And what about like people often ask me if you live in countries where there's like or in wintertime lack of sunlight, like would you recommend using like a vitamin D lamp or something like that?
2: Absolutely. Uh, And if you can find a tanning salon that has UVB in the tanning bulbs that they use, Mm. that can be really, really helpful. Mm. So in terms of the UV exposure to make vitamin D, there's three different wavelengths of UV light, which is ultraviolet light. You have UVA, UVB, and UVC. UVA is usually what is used in tanning salons to actually tan the skin, to brown the skin. Mm. but it doesn't lend itself very well to creating vitamin D. UVB is what we convert into vitamin D when it's absorbed into the cholesterol that we store within our
0: skin. Mm.
2: And then UVC, easy way to remember UVC, UVC is the one that generally is associated with cancer risk.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: So UVB is what we're after. But unfortunately, there's not a, it's not super common to have a high level of UVB In tanning salon bulbs so not every tanning salon will have tanning beds that allow you to actually assimilate vitamin d from the tanning bed so Mm -hmm. you want to double check that you want to make sure that those are actually appropriate tanning bulbs for that situation Mm -hmm. and if they tell you that it is and you're skeptical because you're just like oh they just want to sell a tanning membership you can take the actual number of the bulb if you look in the bed you'll see the long fluorescent bulbs in there you can look at those numbers on that bulb and mm-hmm. you can actually see what that number is, write it down and go look it up. See mm-hmm. if that bulb actually does emit UVB.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Um, all right, so I think we've covered all the things I want to talk about initially. So let's talk about this post um, and something that we we talked about now, like we really noticed, like I don't really get burnt anymore when I go out in the sun. And I've noticed a lot of people who've made the shift in their diet um, say the same thing. And we've been taking aspirin, like one of the things you talk about is aspirin and vitamin E for a long time and now Saturay's made you know our skincare which is coconut oil um the base is coconut oil and in this in the face cream it's fractions of the coconut oil because it's just less clogging to the pores but anyway so let's talk about um how to protect yourself from sun exposure talk about this post number one the pufers. talk about that that's a big one I think
0: yeah let's
2: start there Uh, this is a big one so Polyunsaturated fats, uh, if you're coming into the pro-metabolic world, one of the first things that you're going to hear that's going to be a little foreign to you is we generally shy away from polyunsaturated fats. And not just polyunsaturated fats in the sense of seed oils and vegetable oils, but oftentimes in fish oil too. Because mm. when it comes to polyunsaturated fats, your skin is a tremendous repository of mm. polyunsaturated fats. Your skin stores PUFA very, very well. And when that polyunsaturated fat accumulates in your skin and then interacts with UV light, that can cause a very bad inflammatory reaction. It can catalyze a lot of those inflammatory processes that polyunsaturated fats lend to. So an example of this, and you've probably seen this already, is age spots. When people get those spots on the back of their hands or like my grandpa had a bunch on his head and things like that, what that is, That's the accumulation of three things, polyunsaturated fats, iron, and then a catalyzed reaction with UV light. Mm. So when you see that, what you're seeing is basically a photosynthesized rust. Mm -hmm. You see light turning that reaction into those processes. And the reason iron and polyunsaturated fat are so devastating together is they both rob your cells of oxygen. They're both very unstable. So, when we have UV light enter the skin, the skin trying to create a reaction that pre- requires energy to deal with, and you've increased the energy throughput.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, when you have a lot of polyunsaturated fats and you have a lot of iron, you're now stealing oxygen that would otherwise be used for mitochondrial purposes.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: without adequate oxygen, now you're opening the door to robbing your skin of the actual energy necessary to stave off inflammation, to maintain water levels in the tissue itself to prevent that inflammatory response. So when we start to remove these PUFAs from our diet and the skin levels of polyunsaturated fats start to go down, when we get exposed to sun after eating a a pro-metabolic diet for a long enough period of time, Mm. you actually don't burn as easily. Mm. one of the biggest things that i've seen in myself and in several other people is you get in the sun after having a low level of PUFA in your skin for a long enough time frame and yeah i might get red and i'm I'm not gonna lie i've got a very european complexion so i don't do well in the sun under normal circumstances but since changing my diet i can go out in the sun for quite some time and though i might get red i generally don't burn i generally don't peel
1: yeah it's pretty amazing hey and you just build up like because we, 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 we're we live in the beach so we get sunlight every day and it's just amazing you know how we just never get burnt now yeah yeah i mean obviously so we don't lay out at 12 o'clock in the day and you know sunbake yeah. for hours and hours. like don't be stupid
2: <laughs> but... yeah exactly exactly yeah there's still going to have to be some level of sanity in your approach yeah. you're not invincible but you're definitely more resilient against it
1: mm, mm. okay cool talk about um orange juice so drink more orange juice why
2: Orange juice is, aside from the fact that orange juice is a great source of vitamin C, which is generally accepted as an anti-inflammatory vitamin. Orange juice also has a lot of other cool effects, especially when it comes to skin health and resilience against sunlight. So for one, talking about sunlight increasing metabolic activity in skin tissue, well, you're going to need fuel for that. So Mm -hmm. from an orange juice standpoint, you're going to get a lot of really good, healthy sugar and a lot of vitamins and minerals in the orange juice that will help you utilize that sugar well. There's a ton of potassium in there, which will help your cells take up that sugar. Not the least, or uh, another aspect of that is the presence of certain bioflavonoids mm. in citrus fruits that are very anti-inflammatory, very anti-cancer, very protective against UV damage. Mm. Bioflavonoids are things like Naringin, Naringenin, apigenin, there's a bunch of them in, there. and we don't even know a lot about them all yet because there's unfortunately not as much funding in studying things that are natural and helpful.
0: But yeah. what, we have,
2: <laughs> what we have learned so far is that those substance substances in citrus fruit tremendously beneficial, tremendously protective.
1: mm, mm. And oranges are so del- like seriously. Every time I drink orange juice, I'm just like, this is the greatest drink ever. It's just so yummy and refreshing and satisfying. Like I, I crave it. It's
2: it's amazing when it's it's amazing to me how I'm gonna I'm gonna talk a little trash about other diet cultures for a little bit. But (laughs) it's amazing to me how people are so quick to say it's delicious, it's amazing, and then you have other groups that are like, "Well, we can't have it though because of the sugar, or because it's a fruit and fruit is bad, and fruit's been bred to have more sugar." They make all these weird arguments, but then we look at that and we say, well, I, my body's not stupid. My mm-hmm. body knows what it's generally going to lean
0: towards. You know like reason. they
1: say, like, oh, like your cravings, like your body's trying to trick you into eating sugar, which is poison. Why would your body try and trick you into eating poison? It just it sounds, it's silly.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's not like like the whole sugar is addicting argument I love having this conversation with people, but they're like, well, sugar is really bad for you. That's why I cut out cookies and ice cream stuff. Like, well, A, there's more stuff in there than just sugar. And yeah. no sugar, quote, addict is going to sit there and say, I want the purest, most. Yeah, no one's no one's sitting,
1: is. like you never say to them, like, so tell me, were you, were you just down in cups of plain white sugar? Never. Exactly.
2: It was right.
1: never. that It was never.
2: Right. You're never robbing a liquor store for sugar. <laughs> like,
1: yeah bags of sugar sitting there eating spoonfuls out of the bag it's like you're right you're eating like same as me like cakes and donuts and full of pufas and vegetable like just crap preservatives additives but then you think okay so like why is it then that like we, we Craig and I this was years ago I don't know if you ever saw that sugar movie you know that guy who cut out all the sugar it was interesting Craig and I just did this comparison so basically his diet was just full of processed foods so like you know like um heaps of vegetable like there was processed cakes pastries you know like he wasn't eating sugar like plain white sugar fruit orange juice and we compared the amount of sugar in his diet to danny roddy and danny roddy ate more sugar but yet had none of the issues so it's
0: really the sugar (laughs) yeah and
2: that's it's a very simple villain to go after because Mm. nutrition is complex it's not a simple cut and dry like do this don't do that yeah in a lot of situations so people, I think, are drawn to those very simple ideas. They're very simple for people to follow, especially if you're overwhelmed, you're not feeling good, and you're confused. Mm. So it makes for a good scapegoat. The story behind it, if you don't know a lot yet, it's it's very easy to believe that.
0: Mm. But
2: as you start to learn more, you start to explore these ideas, you start to realize that there's a lot of benefit to sugar, mm. and especially when it comes to protecting against sunlight. But in general, for thyroid health, for anti-stress, for maintaining hormone function, sugar is tremendously beneficial.
1: Mm. Mm. And just it's like get the majority of your sugar from nutrient-dense sources. I think it, the thing is it's not the sugar, it's what it's delivered with. That's what I think's yeah. the key, I reckon. Um, you know, if you're yeah. having sugar in fruit and orange juice versus you're having white sugar in cakes and pastries that have you know, yeah. hip vegetable oils and just white flour and no other real n- nutrients and preservatives and additives. That's the issue.
2: Exactly. And then what are yeah. you doing for the other 24 hours in the day? Yeah. Are you exercising? Are you getting other nutrient dense food sources in your diet? Yeah. Or are you basically eating sugar, drinking high fructose corn syrup pops all day long and yeah. eating McDonald's hash browns? <laughs> like that's, that's going to be a problem. But yep. you're gonna blame the sugar
0: yeah
2: i think it's, we got to look at the whole context
1: yeah yeah okay good one all right next one aspirin and vitamin e
2: all right so let's start with vitamin e first and foremost so
0: mm-hmm.
2: one of the things vitamin e is often known as is an antioxidant and so yeah it, it serves that role in the body but more specifically it's an antioxidant because it prevents the oxidative stress that comes about from polyunsaturated fat. Mm-hmm. And the more polyunsaturated fat you have in the diet, the higher your vitamin E need. And if we're having an exposure to typical restaurant food or typical Western diets where there is a high emphasis on cooking with those kinds of oils, mm-hmm. our polyunsaturated fat intake will be a lot higher. Well, mm-hmm. vitamin E prevents a lot of the damage that comes from that. But let's say I don't have a lot of polyunsaturated fat in my diet. Let's say I'm dialed in. I've got the right kind of fat choices. I'm eating my coconut oil, my butter, my ghee, my tallow. I'm doing well. I can still benefit from vitamin E. Because one of the things that happens, especially in a stress response, is you will actually liberate stored fat. So you'll, your body's going to look for fuel reserves. It's going to liberate a bunch of fat from storage, put it into the bloodstream. And the bulk of that fat is polyunsaturated fat the first type of fat that gets released because it's the most toxic and your body wants to get rid of it. Mm. And so if you're under stress, vitamin E can actually protect you against that release of fat store. Mm. So vitamin E can be hugely beneficial for not only preventing any sort of those reactions that come from that release stored fat. Vitamin E also has a other unique property to it. It can actually help your body to convert polyunsaturated fats into a saturated fat. And unfortunately, again, this is not a very well-understood mechanism yet.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: We just know that it kind of does that. Mm -hmm. And again, no funding behind it. So we haven't elucidated the mechanism fully yet. But in essence, if I'm dealing with a tissue that is very, Mm -hmm. very prone to oxidative damage, oxidative stress, and is laden with polyunsaturated fat, then things that will help to change the fat content of those tissues will be beneficial. Things that will help to improve the saturation index of those fats and make them more saturated, that in and of itself is hugely beneficial. Mm. So back to the aspirin now. Mm. Aspirin has a very similar effect. It has a lot of overlap with vitamin E. So as vitamin E kind of protects you against the polyunsaturated fats and converts the polyunsaturated fats the aspirin will also help to prevent some of the same inflammatory pathways that are stimulated by polyunsaturated fats. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the polyunsaturated fat stimulation will turn on things like your cyclooxygen, which is your Cox, uh, enzyme. These are generally the enzyme of target when you're looking at things like aspirin, but also Advil, Tylenol, a lot of these ibuprofen, things like that. Those are all going to be, uh, trying to target the same inflammatory enzyme that is turned on by polyunsaturated fat. Mm. So aspirin will actually help to add a bonus anti-PUFA effect to the arsenal. Mm. And not only that, if you were to actually apply aspirin topically and I learned this years ago at an outdoor education uh, class I was working with, we were teaching fifth graders about how to survive in the woods. And I was a high school counselor. I didn't know anything about it at the time. But one of the things we tell people is like you get aspirin bark and you can rub it on your skin and your skin would get really white. But it was a natural yeah. symbol.
1: That's so cool.
2: Out, it's got uh, salicylates in it. It's yeah. got aspirin in it.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> so, right?
2: Yeah. So it's one of those things where you can apply it topically. You can also take it internally and it can have huge far-reaching protective effects across mm. the entire spectrum of how pufa will interact with your body.
1: Mm, cool. Um, and the last one, topical coconut oil.
2: Ah, uh, yes. Topical coconut oil. So coconut oil by itself actually has an SPF. Mm. So when we look at sunscreens, one of the things that people will look at on store-bought sunscreens is how much sun protection does it have? And the higher the SPF number, the higher presumed protection from the sunlight that it will have. Mm coconut oil has an SPF. Now it's not terribly high. I think it's three or five, maybe 10, depends Mm. on who you read. So it's not necessarily going to be super high. You're not going to end up looking like a ghost when you put it on. But what will happen is it'll actually absorb through your skin and change some of the saturation of the fat content in your skin. Mm. So it can protect you by blocking some of that sunlight for one. And for two, it could prevent some of the negative catalyzing reactions that FUFA experiences when oh. UV light is exposed to it.
1: Mm, so cool. Um, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you wanted to add?
2: Things to do about a sunburn if you get one. Mm-hmm. So we mentioned all of these items, the aspen, the orange juice, the vitamin E, um, certain things that are also helpful as topical aloe vera. That mm-hmm. can be helpful too. Uh, ideally, you would get one that's, get an actual aloe vera plant and get some exposure. Snap to off. True aloe vera. Yeah, yeah just snap yeah. off the leaf. Yeah. And you can even just get like a, just cut a little bit off because it'll ooze, but it can actually have a very strong effect on having an anti-inflammatory response to the mm-hmm. sunburn. But one of the unique things in aloe vera is a compound called amodin. Mm. Amodin is one of the if you're familiar with cascara yeah it's in the cascara yeah
0: it's,
2: it's the same uh driving component of cascara now we may not get a laxative effect by absorbing it in the skin mm. but a is a quinone. a is a energy uh driving substance it'll act as an electron donor which will improve mitochondrial activity mm. so by applying that You're back to that idea of increasing energy production, in Mm. this case, in the localized tissue that you're applying the aloe vera to. Mm. Aloe vera can be hugely beneficial. Uh, Another one that can actually be really helpful too. This always kind of freaks people out. And I'm going to put a word of caution in here because this is definitely not the beginner level kind of thing to do. I don't want people just to like jump to this, this (laughs) is. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> because <there's> a little <laughs> bit of awareness and a little bit of comfort with the idea that i might need to fuel some of these reactions we've heard of epsom salt baths okay you fill a bathtub with warm water you put your epsom salt in there and you can absorb a ton of magnesium through it one of the other things you can add to an epsom salt bath is actually instant coffee powder Mm. instant coffee powder will turn that bathtub uh, brown you'll have brown bath water it'll look disgusting it'll smell great but it'll look terrible and sitting in that getting that transdermal absorption of the magnesium and the caffeine Mm. can also expedite that healing and repair process
1: well caffeine is one of the substances in our body cream
2: Whoa! imagine that yeah (laughs) Yeah. and all over it yeah yeah And so it's one of those things where that can be a huge driver for increasing localized in whatever tissue it touches, localized energy metabolism.
0: Mm. So we're
2: back to the same overarching pro-metabolic philosophy of what are ways I can improve that healing process to reduce that inflammation.
0: Mm. Mm. And
2: then on the other side of that, when we think of inflammation, one of the things that I want people to kind of think about is the term cytokine. Cytokines are a molecule that you'll create during an inflammatory response. Your body creates it. It goes where you have injury or insult, and it's part of that healing and repair process. But sometimes they can be overwhelming. Sometimes they can drive more inflammation than we need. Sometimes we actually want to turn them down a little bit. Mm. One of the best things we can do to turn down a cytokine response is actually activate our vagus nerve.
0: Mm.
2: So one of the best ways you can improve vagus nerve function, and there's lots of ways, there's devices, there's various medical devices. If you have a medical license, you're allowed to buy some of these things. If you're an average person, they're not going to let you. But you can also get uh, get some ingenuity behind some of these and make them yourself. But simple things without even going the device wrong, gargling and humming. Gargling and humming can lower cytokines, lower that inflammatory drive, and actually improve your response and healing for sunburn wow so you can turn on your vagus nerve through just putting water in the back of your throat leaning back and ah gargling and that right there by activating the parasympathetic branch of your vagus nerve will allow your system to have extra drive to heal and repair
1: Mm -hmm. wow cool i did not know that i've learned today
2: Yeah. And they've done vagus nerve research. That's going to be something you'll probably hear a lot more of in the next five, 10, 15 years, Mm. because they are looking at a lot of different ways to activate the vagus nerve. And a lot of these are proprietary devices. People are investigating to try and patent. And then Mm. there's some companies that will actually go as far as saying, we're going to make this device, but we're going to only limit the number of uses you get from it. So you have to go out and buy another $500 device. It's very nefarious and very unethical in a lot of regards, but You can do it for free. It's a nerve you have. There's ways to stimulate it without those devices. But they've done research. This will blow your mind. They've done research on activating the vagus nerve and improving rheumatoid arthritis.
1: Incredible.
2: By improving autoimmune conditions. Again, because you're now changing the immune response. You're Mm. now changing how the body is going to constantly be driving this overactive and inflammatory Mm. state. Mm. So you can... Do a lot to stimulate your vagus nerve: breathing, movement, all sorts of stuff. But gargling and humming is usually the most accessible for people. Mm. And just yeah, humming—it's literally exactly what it sounds like. Pick a song and go mm. to town.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: yeah, singing that does make you feel happy. If only I could sing.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> I'd
1: love to be a singer. I always say to Craig, like, if I could come back again, as anything. I'd just be like Whitney Houston or something. Yeah, like someone like that who'd sing. I just love singing. It's amazing, but my voice is so shit. Um, Oh, that's really cool. Wow. All right. Is there anything else that you want to add that we haven't covered?
2: I think the biggest thing is is the accumulation of polyunsaturated fat over time. I know he mentioned that, but just as you can accumulate it over time, you can also lose it over time. So if you're still getting burnt right now and you're new into this world, you're you're early on in this pro-metabolic journey, give it time. Mm. Because it's one of those things where when we think of tissue repair and tissue regeneration, for some cells, it can take around seven years to replenish. So Mm. in seven years from now, you'll be an entirely different person on a cellular level. Mm. So with that being said, everything you're doing, every insult you've experienced all of that lends to how healthy your skin is, how healthy your overall body is, mm. and how you're going to be able to handle sunlight. So mm. stick with it. Give it time because you're going to constantly be lowering your PUFA intake and therefore constantly be lowering your PUFA stores and thereby constantly being able to build up your ability on a tissue level to tolerate mm. sunlight.
1: Awesome. Oh, Thanks so much, Brian, for coming on again. Really always I learn something new when I uh, chat with you and I'll pop uh, Brian's details below. So give him a follow on Instagram, check out everything that he does. He's awesome. We love him. Uh, And I'm sure we'll have you back on the podcast again. I'll I'll probably see some posts like this is a great post. Let's do a podcast about it. So thanks. Thanks so much for coming on. And as always guys, take a screenshot of the episode uh, and share your share it on Instagram with your biggest takeaways and tag me at, Kitty Blomfield. So K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-M-F-I-E-L-D. And each month I pick a winner and they get a tub of Saturay Premium Collagen valued at $79. And I'll
0: be back again next week.